Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Another Welcome to another edition of Draft Smashers Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano, and as always, on a Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern Time, my partner, colleague, and co-host, also from DraftSmashers.com, Mr. Eric Corsini. Eric, Wednesday, February 18th. How are you, my friend? Very good. Very good. Excited to be on the radio again, ready to talk some fantasy sports, some baseball, pretty much all baseball tonight, right? All baseball tonight. Swing pit. Pitchers and catchers started today. We are 47 days away from opening day. I got my notification from my television uh, provider that my MLB package will be automatically renewed unless I send them an email saying not to. They uh, love automatically renewing. Automatically, oh yeah, they get you every time with that At one. At least they warned you. They, they did warn me. They yeah. did warn me. Now the decision is, do I want to pay that bill? But I probably will, like I always do. Um... Only because I'm too lazy to send the email to cancel the uh, subscription. It's like a gym membership. You can't get rid of it. <laughs> exactly. A lot going on. I want to remind everybody the phone lines are open. 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Chat room is open as well. If you have any questions, comments, complaints, inquiries, or just plain old babble, jump on the chat room and join us there. Uh, follow us, uh, rotoballer.com, Steel Scorpion Sports for your fantasy football needs. And our, I don't even want to say our sponsor now, the uh, the host site for our show now, DraftSmashers.com. couple of issues there for, uh, for a little while. We were online, we were offline, but we are up and running. We're operating. A few little glitches like any, like any new you know, draw website that comes along, but we're up and running. Uh, free roller. Uh, is up. Articles are up for baseball that I've written, and you could register now. DraftSmashers.com. Make sure you check it out. I look over at Eric. Eric's having some serious technological issues today, but he's on a on an iPad that's probably operating at the speed of a 95 year old with a walker. But he's plugging away. He types like a like a with one finger, finger like with a like a bear. He's got like jeez, it's embarrassing. But it's up and running, DraftSmashers.com. Go there. Registration's on the bottom. Put in your name, put in your email, and you're all done. So make sure you go there and check that out. All right, Eric, we got a lot going on. we got a lot to talk about tonight. And the first thing I want to do before we get into it all is, is thank everybody who's following us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter, DraftSmash uh, Radio. Eric, where can they follow you as of right now? Uh, just Eric Corsini at eCourse8. At eCourse8. I know you're going to be tinkering with that in a, a yeah, little we'll while. Maybe, playing around with that. Maybe uh, change that up a little bit, make it a little more, a little easier to find. I tried doing it on the iPad. It's impossible. It's like an abacus, the thing moves so slow, that yeah. iPad. It's embarrassing is what it is. Um, but whatever, we'll we'll keep you around anyway. 
But the website looks great on the iPad, though. The website does look great on, on the device. iPad. Um, lots of great stuff there. You know, you got to make sure you go to the free roll finder on there. Our t- Twitter handles are there. There's a link to the Draft Smash Radio. All different daily league sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA. Uh, BJ Vanderwaard, one of the founders of the site, he's going to be doing a lot of PGA. Eric, you're going to be doing a lot of NBA. I've got MLB covered. We have MM, uh, uh, weekly MMA games. Uh, the free roll finder is great. If you're into the looking for those on the daily sites, make sure you check that out. Now, here's what we're going to do tonight. On Monday evening, we sent out a few tweets, mm-hmm. and we set up a mock draft on Yahoo.com. And I want to thank people. We had a good turnout in that draft. The draft room was full. I'm not going to say uh, everybody was through us, but a good number of the people were through uh, Draft Smash Radio. Uh, they jumped in. And, uh, and it was fun. Great conversation in the chat room on the, on the mock site. And I want to take a look at that mock draft, Eric, because there was some, to me, some very interesting things that went on. And, and people experimented. And that's the whole point of a mock draft is to experiment. Me, myself, I wanted to see how long I could go before I drafted my number one starter and how solid an offense I can load up. So right. I want to get your take on my team. I want to look at at your team, and then we're going to look at the draft as a whole because there were some interesting picks. Now, I sat there at the fifth pick overall, and with the fifth pick overall, I was able to grab Paul Goldschmidt. Very excited by that. It's a good pick at five. Okay. Josh Donaldson in round two, Ian Desmond in round three, D. Gordon at second base for round five. So by the fifth round, my infield was set. I had a nice combination, I thought, of power and speed. Goldschmidt, Donaldson, Desmond's a 2020 guy at the minimum, D. Gordon at second base. Outfield, I went Corey Dickerson in round four. Maybe a little bit of a reach, but outfielders were flying off the board. Alex Gordon in round six. I'm nervous about that. Wrist surgery, who knows what's going to happen. And then my third outfielder, I didn't grab to round 12. Uh, rookie, second-year guy out of Pittsburgh, super talent. Was a bit of a disappointment last year when he came up, Gregory Polanco. Took some other outfielders late, like Lorenzo Cain. Mm-hmm. I took Evan Gaddis as my catcher in the ninth round. He's gonna be, not even going to be catching for Houston, so I like the fact he'll be playing every day. Waited on starting pitching, wanted to see how long I could last. Seventh round is where I made my move, grabbed my first starting pitcher, took Matt Harvey in round seven, Sonny Gray in round eight as my two aces. And I'll be honest with you, Eric, I'm fine with that. Right. Um, in that same round that you drafted Sonny Gray, I was looking at him a couple picks after where you took him. Um, so I like that pick a lot. I mean, and, he's the and, number one starter on Oakland. Yeah, and then hey, Harvey, you can't go wrong and see, see what his situation is, though. But you have to take him by round seven because of the potential there. So, I mean, I like those two first picks. Sonny Gray probably right now is your ace. Matt Harvey's potential to be, be by far one the A, a. Uh, yeah, well, and then one one by a, yeah. by a margin. Right. Um, I took Tyson Ross of San Diego, nice strikeout rate. I was looking at him too. We had like the same mindset. Yeah, Tyson like, Ross in round ten. I took the fireball of Jordani Ventura in round thirteen. I went a little early on James Paxton, and we're going to talk about him. But I like James Paxton. You loved a him lot. last year. I did. You loved him and last year. Opened his first start of the season. He struck out twelve. Right. He got hurt. In August, he pitched to a 1.65 ERA when he came back. Talented kid, probably the third starter in Seattle on an improved Seattle team. So I look at a starting staff of Matt Harvey, Sonny Gray, Tyson Ross, Yodani Ventura, 
James Paxton, Jake Odorizzi, uh, and, and Taiwan Walker. Now, where I kind of hurt a little bit, I really waited on closers, which is a, a big philosophy of mine. And closers were flying off the board, in my view, way too early. And I really didn't adjust. I hung tight. I think too many went too fast. So it kind of threw me off, too, and I just took other guys. Yeah. I took Hector Rondon of the Cubs in round 16 and Henry Mejia of the Mets in round 18. And Mejia may not even hold the job. Bobby Parnell, they're still right. saying, is a closer. I took Parnell at some point. At some point. I mean, he's going to start 18. the season on the DL, but he's eventually right, but going to I, close. Yeah. I, I, got, I got Mike Miner late as, a, as late insurance for the starting staff. And my take of the whole situation here is you can wait on starting pitching. Yeah. You can. Yeah, even for me, I mean, I, I took my first starter around four, which was Johnny Sueto, Cueto. Um, you know, I my first three picks were offensive players, and I had the first pick of the draft. So I took Trout, obviously, and then I took often injured Tulowitzki and then Michael Brantley. Um, what round did you get, Brantley? Well, first pick of the third round. See, but he's not going to be there for me when I pick again. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, he's, it's probably higher than I would have taken him. He came in off a terrific season right. last year. But I'm, I'm saying, for me, it was probably higher than I would have taken him. But if you think about it, I have another 23 or 20. Not going to be he's there. Not he's not going to be there. He's gone. Absolutely. So, if I like that player enough, I've got to take him even with that pick. It's not like it's a bad pick. So he's a very pick. good player. Um you know, I knew it was a mock draft. I took Tulowitzki just for the fact that, you know, he, him and Trout combination could be a deadly offense. Um, if they both, you know, Trout will stay on the field, but Tulowitzki will probably play 100 games. Um, so later in the draft, I, I took obviously some insurance on that. I took Stalin Castro, which I thought was a steal in round 10. Uh, we talked about it after the draft. Stalin Castro um, round. I mean, I he's a starter. He's, he's, he's in a, hindsight, yeah. you took. Tulowitzki at the end of round two. Right. And it's a Castro at the end of round, I guess, wraparound. When right. I look at who came, went after, knowing, you know, hindsight always being twenty twenty, yeah. right? Could when you could have grabbed Jacoby Ellsbury. Right. Who went a few picks later. Well, there's other players. I didn't think a guy like Star and Castro would be on the board till round right. 10. Right. If you had known Castro would be there in round 10. I would have taken a, million, a handful of other guys. Over Tulowitzki in round yeah. two. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and then I end up taking Cueto in round four, and then Julio Tehran in round six, and Samarja in round seven to round out my Are starting pitch. Are you concerned pitch. about as good as Julio Tehran is of Atlanta? Atlanta's not going to be a very good team. They're clearly rebuilding. Um, you don't chase wins, right? Mm-hmm. I still think his other stats are fine. I don't know. I took a shot in a mock draft. I kind of was, you know, t- just you just take different players and see how it plays out. Uh, you know, is this a team that I love? I don't love it because um, it depends on the draft. And, like, the, what threw me off a little bit was, not me, picking first was fine. I, I picked that spot. Mm-hmm. And then, but it was 30 seconds a pick. It was so, moving. So sometimes, it was like, moving. I would, like, I'd make my pick, and then, like, for some reason, like, you know, you, you know it's kind of a And then all of a sudden, like, I have eight seconds to pick, and I'm like, ah, all right, I'll go with this guy off the board. So I, I probably should have been a little more... Um, that happened to me. I probably, like the Lucas Duda pick. 
Yes. Uh, what round was that? I was able to grab Lucas Duda. Round 15? In round 15. Yeah, I was going to pick him. I had him clicked, and then the time ran out. I mean, I got Xander Bogarts, which is not bad in round 15, to play you know third base shortstop also, but... I really want to do it because that's 30 home runs in round 15. Well, that was the 25 home runs. I was shocked how power slipped to me in this. Lucas Duda in round 15, Pedro Alvarez in round 21. Now, listen, I'm not a Pedro Alvarez fan. I can't yeah, stand the 230. Yeah, round 21. You're going to give me 25 home runs in round got, 21. Yeah, what you got to grab it? 250. I mean, it's like that's a, stall. that's a stud. Absolutely. I mean, I think the league, the league batting average last year was only 260. Right. That was the average for the entire league. So essentially, you get a guy who hits 260, he's the league average, he's average hitter. He's an average hitter, uh, average-wise. Yeah, now, average, Eric, average. I'm, I'm, you know, looking at how you went, I loved your round eight pick of Josh Harrison of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now, he doesn't, statistically, he might not produce like a prototypical third baseman, but he's going to come into the season second, third base, outfield eligible. You love those type of guys. See, I could slip him into the outfield, though. If I needed to, because I have Todd Frazier at first or third, and Xander Bogarts is third base eligible also. So, so I he would slip, be an outfielder. So who would you take at second base? He could also be my second baseman, because actually he's my only second baseman. I draft him as my second baseman. So there you go. Happened. That's who we would be. Josh Harris. That's right. We did this a couple of days ago. I didn't really look at it since. You so know, now, it's a mock. You know. Masahiro Tanaka had to start around nine. Were you yeah. surprised he was still there? No, because there's a lot of unknowns with his elbow. Um but in round nine, I'm figuring I could get an ace in round nine, kind of like how you got Harvey in seven. Mm-hmm. Harvey in seven, Tanaka in nine. Those are good spots to get those guys. Tremendous steals spots. to get those guys, um, especially if they pay off. You know, mm-hmm. if both their elbows hold up, and you got a guy with Tanaka and Harvey stuff in round seven and nine. They could put up numbers similar to the guys you got, like you know, in rounds you know two and three or one and two, mm-hmm. whatever way you want to look at it. Um, you know. So, I mean, I, I liked my Melky pick in round 16. You know, I took two guys late, um, relief pitchers. They're not closers, but I took Andrew Miller and Wade Davis. Love them. So love them. I like, we talked about that, and I was thinking about it towards the end of the draft. I said, would I like to have these guys in my lineup on a weekly basis, picking up strikeouts, lowering my ERA, and better than a whip starter? Sure. And then the potential is for them to close baseball games also. Something happens to Holland. Something happens to Betances. You have both Because I was closes. weak at closer also, being really that my only closer really was, was Fernando, Fernando Rodney. Rodney. So I figure, all right, let me take two relief pitchers and roll the dice here. I guarantee you within a couple weeks of the season, somebody's going to lose their closing job and somebody else is going to fill in. I'll have to be hot on the waiver wire right. if this was a real, you know, Absolutely. real team. So. Now, round, last round of the draft, round 23, you said why not? Maybe he hits 25 mistakes over the fence, Ryan Howard. And with Round nice, 23, I mean, it's, sim- it's similar to your Pedro Alvarez situation. It's not that different, is it? Big age difference there. Yeah, no, but it's a hitter's ballpark in Philly. I mean, maybe he walks into 25 of them. He's going to bat 220. Yeah. That's a guarantee. And that's even if he holds the job. I mean, who knows yeah. what's going to happen there. But that's a he's round cuttable. 23. He's cuttable. That's Absolutely. It. And you look at some of the things. Now, this was interesting. I, I had somebody else over here at, at at my house for this mock draft, and we were saying we could have kept going. It was a 23-round mock. Yeah. And just to talk about some of the talent that went in round 23, okay? Brandon Crawford, Estrubo Cabrera, Curtis Grandison. I took Nick Castellanos of Detroit. Giovanni uh, Gallardo, Wilson Ramos, who I love as a starting catcher this year. I absolutely love him. Yeah. That he was still there in 23 shocked me. 
Made me almost regret taking Gaddis at nine. Yeah. Only thing is, though, Gaddis won't be catching, so in theory he'll play more. Matt Garza, Latroy Hawkins, another closer for Colorado going at number 11. Dallas Kuchel, uh, probably Houston's opening day starter. He was the very last pick of the draft. And there were a lot of players still on the board after we signed off and walked away. So it was, it was interesting. It was fun. We're going to look to do it again Monday night. I would like to maybe do it every Monday night, Eric, if we could. Yeah. You know, schedules permitting. We all have other lives to, to live. But if we could do it, I think it would be terrific. Now, Eric, I want to look at the first round real quick. Clayton Kershaw went number that. four. Yeah. Right. Surprise or acceptable to you, for you? You know me. I don't want the pitcher early. No, nah, it's it's the only guy. It's the only pitcher you could justify taking in round one. And if Todd, you know Todd, who draft him, if Todd really wanted him, Todd's, you know, take him at four. You know, I mean, if you want him, go get him. Go That's get the way him. I look at it. Um, you know, I, the first round pretty much played out pretty much how I expected it to. There's really not that many surprises in the first round. Now, what about round two? Bryce Harper, seventh pick of the second round. Obviously, that's a projection pick because right. his numbers last year don't don't support that. Doesn't deserve a second round pick based off his numbers. If you like him, go get him. I mean, but would you do it? Uh, not as not in round two. Not at this point of Bryce Harper's career. Because I don't know. I mean, if last year he was a first round. Right, but I don't know if he's figured out how to be a major leaguer yet. He's, you know, I don't know if he's not as being an adult yet. He's 21. Yeah. You know, and he's, unless he changes his style, he's not going to be on the field for enough games, I think, to justify a second-round pick. I don't think he's, I think we talked about this last week. I think his high is like one, like he hasn't played 130 games in like two or three years. He's got to so. learn how to change his style a little Defense, bit. And defensively and steel bait, whatever he does, I mean, he he's plays stop, hard. Yeah, he's got to stop running into walls. Right. That's that's for sure. There. I mean, if I'm managing them or in the front office, here, I'm, I'm talking to him every day about, we need you on the field. A ball drops in once in a while. It drops in. Right. We don't want to miss you for fifty games. Yeah, you know. So and they got a real good team there, man. That that's is a, a legi- that is a ridiculous a, team. We're going to talk yeah, National League East team next week, but uh, absolutely that Nationals team. Find me a flaw in that team. I challenge you to do so. Uh, on paper, that team is is absolutely stacked. If Bryce Harper were a Yankee. Yeah. Would they have already retired his number? <laughs> no, they probably would have given him uh probably working on a long term deal that they you know might not live up to. Now that I I'm I want They're to retiring I, everyone's number. I've been waiting patiently for tonight for everyone's a couple of number. days, Nate. Yeah. I you haven't even hinted at it in our conversations. No, I wanted to blindside you with this. Yeah. Is this gonna hurt? See, I'm not, that, but point. I'm not that typical Yankee no, fan. No, you're not. Where, That's why I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. We're going to talk I'm not going to throw a Yankee temper tantrum right now. Oh, I'm not let me tell it. you. It was, <laughs> I, it was like walking into a room and turning on a light. It was that easy to create the Yankee temper tantrum this week <laughs> on Facebook. It was that. It was so, so much fun. I had family members. Friends, you lost family members over there. I might have lost an aunt. Absolutely. <laughs> um... <laughs> all I said, uh, all I said, was that it's nice to see the Yankees embrace their past and give PED user Andy Pettit and retire PED user Andy Pettit's jersey. What is so inflammatory about me speaking the truth? There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with what you said. Um, 
It's probably the only honor he'll get post-career. So, Oh, come on. He's not making the Hall of Fame or anything. Like ah, that. You might be the only Yankee fan saying that, pal. Well, his, his career numbers probably aren't even going oh, to be Oh, but the, the postseason numbers. They get all nipply I over thought, the postseason I, numbers. I thought those don't even count towards the, towards the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I don't even know. But I think, though, I think the, the guys who write for the whole, you know, the writers, they make up their own rules anyway. That's very when true. When it comes to voting, so. That's very true. Like, you know, the guy who says, I never vote for someone the first time should lose his vote. Absolutely. Because how can you justify Randy Johnson not being a first ballot Hall of Famer or Pedro Martinez or all those guys? I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, let me ask. But in all seriousness, right? The Yankees come out this week. And they were just giving out awards like Oprah Winfrey get, does giveaways on her show. It was absurd. It was. I, it was I, absurd. I read. Pettit, it was absurd. I read Pettit, and then like thirty seconds later, there's like nine more guys listed. It was who? It was Pettit. It P- was Bernie. Posada and Bernie. All getting re- numbers retarded. Yeah. And Willie Randolph getting a plaque in Monument Park. That's a stretch. The Willie, guy, the nice guy they passed over as manager, they could have hired him maybe. Nice coach. player. He was a good well, third base coach. But you have now told me by retiring these numbers. The Yankees have now told me they've immortalized that these uh, that, that Jorge Posada. I liked Posada, man. He was a game good player. ball player. Don't get a good ball player. Great hitting catcher. Very very good ball good player. player. But they have now put them on the level with Babe Ruth, <laughs> Mickey Mantle. Do you think Jeter said these guys have to have the numbers retired with me? I I don't know. They didn't. They won four championships together. Okay. Uh, okay. Better catcher, Gary Carter, or... But that's my point. But yet the Yankees are retiring numbers like they know something about the world ending that the rest of the world doesn't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe the Yankee world is over. Oh, this season it is, that's for sure. No, I'm saying like, as like, just saying like, eh, we're just going to, at this point, we're not really producing much talent, so we're going to immortalize all the talent we did produce. This is like the WWE (laughs) Network, not focusing on today's product, but constantly talking about the Attitude Era. That's what the Yankees well, are doing. First off, their product on the field now is going to be off, terrible. First off, the Attitude Era was the best era, <laughs> and they need to bring it back. They need all those guys back, all of them, because the, the PG Era is is a stain on the history of the WWE. I hate it. But but that's what the, the Yankees are in their PG Era like, right you now. You can't even say, like, ass or something. Is that allowed? I, I don't even know if that's allowed on the Who are you excited to go? There's nobody uh, who excites you to go watch the Yankees anymore. Oh, like, like, oh, I want to go to the... Yes, there is. Who? A-Rod. I love A-Rod. No, wait, wait, wait. Go back I to the jersey. So I hope he gets his number retired. Well, I, he apologized. This was the argument. This was the argument. I, people that, you know, they jumped all over me. They got all mad at me over my... Because, you know, I'm a Yankee hater. And I had to explain to them, no, I'm not a Yankee hater. But <laughs> I, I, I am. But that's not the point. My point is, he admitted to cheating. Right. He cheated. Several times he's admitted that cheating. Okay. Andy Pettit cheated. Yeah. And, oh, well, he's a good guy. How do you know he's a good guy? You ever hang out with him? You didn't hang out with him. He cheated, though. Just like everybody else who cheated I think the game. he goes to church. I think. Everybody else who cheated the game, no Hall of Fame, no this, no that. They're person non grata, right? But what does Andy Pettit do? Don't tell me his best friend, Roger Clemens, didn't influence him on using those pieces. Uh, of course You not. know he did. He extended his career. It helped him rehab the elbow injury. And he goes on to have a nice career. Not a Hall of Fame career. A nice career. Either way, he cheated. And then people were getting on my case. Well, he only did it once. So How do now, you know that, first off? First off. And secondly, we're now quantifying the cheating. 
What? Right. Now we've decided what all, if you cheat less than five times, it's acceptable. It's all it's all perception because like, like David Ortiz is a nice guy. No, like he was linked, like his he was he had his name kind of linked to that stuff, and it kind of just. Andy Pettit wasn't even linked. Andy Pettit's name was in the it Mitchell was, report. No, but it was he had to testify for Clemens, though, I think. So he had to go under oath. But his name was in the report. Right. There's a lot of names in that report that we don't know. But his came out. Right. I think they should all come out. At this point, to me. So, but, but, and then the argument was, well, he apologized. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, so did A-Rod. now A-Rod did. So he's good now. He's good. Retire that number. I think A-Rod is the man. I love A-Rod. I would love to hang out with A-Rod. But, you, but what people don't understand, though, about A-Rod, and they kind of stump their nose at, like, he does work to be the best, though. He does love the game of baseball. He also loves himself, but he does love he baseball. He loves himself more. But he loves baseball. But he loves the idea of wanting to be the best player ever. Now, on the radio in, I was listening to, but a, he'll do but anything I was listening to, to a radio him. show. On the way in, it was Rick DiPietro. Who I like on the radio. He's, okay, he's former Islander, the former Islander. And he said something to the effect that when he was playing, like if somebody offered him a pill and said it would make you the best player and it would take 10 years off their life, and he would do it. They, he says guys would do it. Like he understands why these guys do this. Absolutely. Things. But here's the thing with A-Rod. I'm not even, it's not even that he cheated. It was the, the circus the lost the, the whole circus. guy's whole life is a circus. It really is. Just and look it, at all the relationships, his marriage. You know, he's just a, he's a he's a he's, he's a, a train wreck of a human being. Yes, he is. It's just a, a self created train wreck. He doesn't There's know no what other he's way doing. to say it. He doesn't know. He surrounds himself with the worst people. He just makes bad he has, decisions. I don't think he's ever had somebody in his life say no. Probably not. Who says no to Arod? I would. A Rod, if you're you listening, you right are now. invited. You say that You are right invited now. to Draft Smash no Studios right now, Alex. Come through when the team's back up in the Bronx. Come through. We'll do a little show. All right. Well, there was a thing on. I would you which be late able to show. interview Alex Rodriguez objectively, or would you just want to like rub oil on his shoulders and hang out with him? Well, you'd I mean, want to rub oil all over that man. <laughs> But they did a thing like you just said though on the ra- on a late night show. I forget what show it was about. You know, tell Robbie Cano what you really think. And it was a cutout of Robbie Cano, mm-hmm. and then he came out from behind it. So all these people were talking smack to this cut, you know, cutout of him. Then when he came out, they all like, gave him a hug and shook his hand. Hey, Robbie, we, you know, you, you know. So I'm saying like, I, I would love to meet these guys like A Rod and just sit down with him for five minutes, and then I think I would have to have a, a better understanding of what goes on in that man's head. I wish you would hire me and say, Eric, is this a good decision? That's all he needs. And I for you know, and, whatever, and, and, a and, nice little and salary. And you for no, being honest. No, listen, do you think this is a good idea? Should I, you know, in my comeback trail, you know, should I link up with a former PED user for my hitting, you know. Yeah, back, yeah. Should, should I link up possibly with this? Alex, you've been playing baseball for 25, 30 years. Barry Bonds, Probably not the best character to get involved with. You know what? You're probably right about that. And then we could have a conversation from there. You know, there's a million guys you could ask about hitting. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's probably not where you want to go. Being that you're trying to, you know, separate yourself from the, you know, several PED linkages. Um, Stupid is, stupid does, sir. (laughs) Well played. He just, he's, he's never had to, like, 
God, he's just been a god since he's been like probably like eight. Yeah. So like, how do you live? Yeah, I mean, so it's a rod, you know. He's been a rod forever. But okay, go back to the original conversation. Love a rod. Real quick, do you feel the retirement of the jerseys in right. Yankee Stadium is losing some of its luster, some of its prestige? Right. Because of all the numbers being retired. You, you know what I'm yes. saying? It's, yes. Right? If you, yes. If, if, yeah, I, I get it. The yeah. more things happen, the, the, the less interesting it becomes. Right. Um, personally, like, now you retire, like, a guy like Pettit's numbers. Uh, you know, Pettit. Bernie Williams. And Bernie was a, he's a good Yankee, but, like, like you said, though, now they have the same, they have the same treatment as DiMaggio and Ruth and all those other guys. It's not the same. They're not the same. It's not the same aura. It's it's different. You've got now first ballot Hall of Famers with guys who aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame. So has Monument Park just become? It's just like oh, these were great Yankees. Not necessarily great, great, great all time players. Now it's just great Yankees. You understand what I'm saying? Like I agree. Here's, here, here, here are the I, I understand what you're saying. Like it's, Billy it's Martin, taken back. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Bill Dickey, Roger Maris, Phil Rizzuto, Thurman Munson, Whitey Ford. John, Andy Pettit is not Whitey Ford. No, not even close. Okay. Jorge Posada is not Thurman Munson. And not Yogi Berra either. Or Yogi Berra, Roger Maris, Yo- uh, Mickey Mantle, Joe D, Lou Gehrig. Baby, listen, I'm not a Yankee fan, but I'm not. I'm smart enough. To- these are these are legendary baseball it, icons. It's like if you could have dinner with one Yankee legend, who would it be? It wouldn't be Bernie it, Williams or right, Jorge that's, Posada. That's the thing. Those wouldn't even come to mind. Probably. No. You know, you've got okay. Then you've got Mattingly. I'm sorry, Mattingly's a good ball player, not worthy of having he, a number retired. He played for some really bad teams, though, man. Elton he had, he had Howard, injuries. Casey I mean, Stengel, okay, Jackie Robinson, every team. Reggie Jackson. I heard an interesting argument about Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson shouldn't have his number retired. He only played for the Yankees for five seasons. I was going to say, what did he play, five years five for years. the Yankees? Ron Guidry. But he did hit that, you know, for yes. months. I mean. Okay. You know, at least Reggie Jackson's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was a hired gun near the end. He played on a boatload of teams. Ron Guidry. To me... It's get it's watered down. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they want they played on championship. It should have just been Jeter from that team. Yeah. And okay. Absolutely. Jeter I'll, should have his number. Roger Maris, Thurman Munson. Absolutely. You know, Mantle, Derek Jeter. Yes. Bernie Williams. Out of Jorge all those Pizzata? guys, he's the only no. Hall of Famer. Out of all Bernie, those guys, Bernie, Jorge, and Andy Pettit. Stop. I I, I really I can't. I, re- I can't. Not I, with that. I really team. think. Part of the stipulation, almost for getting in, should be that you are a Hall of Famer. To have your number retired, I mean, that's like the ultimate. You know, nobody else can wear my number ever again in a Yankee uniform. I don't know. I agree with you that it's a bit watered down. Now, Just because I, they, you know, these are the guys I grew up with. You know, they're my Mickey Mantles and Joe D's and all that stuff because these are the guys I grew up with. I watched them play. I, I mean, I've watched tape of the old guys, you know, of the old timers. I've never actually seen them, you know, live or anything like that. So I can understand why people get in a hissy fit about it. 
but they're not on the same level as those guys. They're not. Now, here, here's, those, now, those guys were, like, Mickey Mantle was mythical. Yes. That's my point. Babe Ruth is... Like, is, Babe Ruth was, like, these guys are like myths almost. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that guy really existed. Now, here's, here's the counterpoint. And I'm not saying the Mets do things right. I'm not that foolish either. Here's who's number. I mean, the they made a, they made a whole. No, nothing against Jackie Robinson, but he didn't even play for them, and they made that whole. Yes, and they. I, they, I mean, they I, made that rotunda. They honored the history of yes. of National League baseball. But they could have. Yeah, but, but here's right. the, uh, Mets retired numbers. Tom Seaver. He's pretty good. Gil Hodges. He was good. And Casey Stengel, whose numbers actually been retired by both. Okay. The Mets and the Yankees, and that's it. Now. Very exclusive. Gary Carter's a Hall of Famer. Mets and Expos, his number not retired. Based on the Yankee criteria of good players from great teams, I could say Keith Hernandez. Oof. I could say Daryl Strawberry. I could say Doc Gooden. Right. You understand what I'm saying? No, I understand. I what could you're say saying. I could say Mookie Wilson. See, now, now it's interesting. These are all great players from that '86 championship, '88 right. NLCS team. Very good players. No denying that. But to me, if they told me they were retiring Keith Fernandez's jersey, I'd be like, no. So, yeah. So what, what's to say like now like a guy like David Wells, who pitched really great for the Yankees during that era and threw a perfect game. Why isn't his number? Like he's, to me, like David Wells and David Cohn, all those guys are like, they're like the same as those guys. The, the argument I've heard is, well, they weren't lifetime Yankees. So what? That the guys they retired so neither a lifetime. was Reggie Jackson. Neither was Reggie Jackson. He wasn't a lifetime Yankee. So, like, you know, that whole argument shot just from that one example. He only played five years for the Yankees. So, see, and, and, and we'll wrap up this conversation because we've got plenty of fantasy baseball to talk about. Right. But a, a retired number is a prestigious honor. Right. It's lost a little lust with it, these guys. If, if I'm a Yankee fan, to me it loses luster. They put mortals in with immortals. That, you said it. Oh, bam. That. Can I patent Close that? that? You could patent that. Where's the, the Yankees have put mortals I need in a with immortals. There you go. But that's what they have. They did. They put they mortals, put mortals in, with in with immortals. Absolutely. I'm writing that down. So they don't make them. That. That's got to be your mortals Twitter model. And with immortals. Yes. Absolutely. That's you absolutely know that sentence there. I might as well leave the show. You're that done. Was, that was the epitome. You got to pull a George Costanza. I'm out. <laughs> All right, folks. Let's oh, talk. That was great. That was. I'm gonna take a breather for a second. That may have been the, the greatest segment. That may have been the greatest. I got a high five quote ever on this show. All right, Eric. Let's talk a little fantasy baseball. Right. Uh, last week we talked about the American League Central. This week we talked about. Uh, two weeks ago we talked about the AL East. Today we wrap up our look at the teams of the American League and we take a look at the American League West. And we're going to start our conversation today with one of the more improved teams in the American League, a team that fought to the postseason end. Uh, they finished 87-75 and 75 last year, and that's the Seattle Mariners, who in my view have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball and an improved offense. So let's take a look at it. Right now, the way it seems to be slated, they're going to go Logan Morrison at first, former Marlin, decent hitter, not an all-star by any means, but the Yankees would have retired his number if he played for them. Robinson Cano <laughs> at second. They're gonna he have would have had his number retired. Yes. He would have deserved it, though. Possibly. 
But he left, so he's done. Yeah, he's done. He's person number. But he played more years than Reggie Jackson. I don't know. Okay. Okay. You have to finish it. Is that the? Is that? I, a rule? Yeah, I'm guessing you got to finish it. But did all those guys finish with the Yankees? That's yes. a good question too. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. So that's Brand Miller at that's short. The, okay. the very underrated Kyle Seager at third. An outfield. Uh, what's going to look like? Uh, Austin Jackson in center. Seth Smith, Dustin Ackley, Nelson Cruz should be the will be the DH. Okay. Mike Zunio behind the plate. But a terrific pitching staff, Felix Hernandez. He, I always mispronounce it, Hasashi Awukuma, James Paxton, who we I talked about. I think that about. was good. It was close enough, right? Yeah. Taiwan Walker. And then the fifth spot, Ronis Elias, J.A. Happ. Uh, they'll battle out. Probably Happ will be the fifth starter to start the season. Rodney in the bullpen to close things out. Eric, when you look at the team, let's look at the offensive side first. Mm-hmm. Who, to me, is a fantasy baseball staple, a guy you draft and you know day one he's in your lineup and you're counting on him for big numbers? Uh, that would obviously be Robbie Cano. Um, you know, fills basically all the categories. You know, stolen bases he got. You know, he could get you maybe 10, which is not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you look at a guy, I, I, I really like actually Kyle Seeger. Um, Very thin position third base. I was just about to say, yeah, say, I agree. And very underrated. He's out there in Seattle. You know, may go under the radar, especially with a lot of East Coast guys who may not really pay too much attention to the Seattle Mariners. But he's a good ball player. You yep. know, he's he's gonna he he could easily hit twenty home runs. Four seasons in the bigs, not to cut you off. No, his average has gone up every year. Yep. Two fifty eight, two fifty nine, two sixty, two sixty eight. And I mean, I'm not. If I'm, anything, it's consistent. At the very there's least, there's no spikes, right. there's no valleys. Is it's very consistent. Three seasons of over twenty home runs, a right. career high last year of twenty five RBIs. He's had over eighty twice. He's had over ninety once. He gives you five to ten stolen bases. He plays every day. Yes, I agree. Kyle Seager, very to me, he's player. in that second tier of third baseman. He's yeah. after the Donaldson, Who? Rendon, and Adrian Beltre. Right. He's in that second tier. But right if at the you top catch him. On that upswing where you could get him later, as a, now all of a sudden he's putting up the same numbers as those other guys, eventually he might do that. Maybe this will be the year he does that. A year from now. Fifth year in the pros, right? Fifth? Yeah. Fifth year? This could be the year, year he's a tier one guy. You never know. Like, you want, I love getting those guys right before everybody knows that they exist. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yes, like, absolutely. I, I got this guy. That, I knew it. Like, and then boom. Mm-hmm. But certainly at a very thin position, he is definitely worth a look. And you might be able to sneak him in a little bit later than, than people you know who aren't you, maybe paying attention. You hope people draft the name. Maybe they draft David, David Wright. Wright. He's better. He's. A, I would take him over David. Absolutely. Wright any maybe day they of the week. draft Evan Longoria. Right. Before and you're able to slide. But but he's also the guy where if you want him, you've got to grab him. Yes. If if it's if it's round four and you're after round four, you're 15 spots away from you. Your might next have to pick. take him. You may have to take him at four because he ain't going to be there at five. Um. Nelson Cruz, obviously, the power numbers play. You've got to have him. So it's Cano, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Middle Seager. of the lineup, yeah. Right. What about Austin Jackson? Two years ago, everybody loved him with Detroit. Detroit dumped yeah. him to Seattle. He was a big disappointment last season. Uh, I, know, got a, I got his numbers here. Um, last year, 154 games. I mean, he played every day. Well, 71 runs, four home runs. 47 RBIs, 20 steals, and a 256 average. Now, this is coming off a guy, though, with 2012, had 16 homers and a 300 batting average. 2013, 12, 49, 272. He went down consistently. Numbers are going the wrong way. He's 8, 27 right. years old. Strikes out a ton, 144 times to only 47 walks. Not really what you want out of your leadoff hitter. 
His on base percentage also went from three seventy seven to three thirty seven to three oh eight. Are we are you staying away? Is he a late round flyer thinking he returns? The ballpark in Seattle's tough. I, I think he's worth a draft pick though, because I think I, I still I still those numbers the home runs I don't think are going to go up much to be honest. You look at under ten home runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look what happened to Cano numbers. So you probably under ten home runs, but with the middle of that lineup now, if he's able to get on base, you know, get back to say a three forty on base percentage, you could see his runs go up from seventy one runs back to a hundred runs, mm-hmm. and he could he's going to put you on the board fifteen to twenty steals. So can you live with it? You know, if he gets that OBP up and the batting average up a couple points, I think he's definitely worth a late-round draft pick. Definitely worth it. I agree. Uh, And and really, for me, Seth Smith could be a late-round flyer. You know, maybe Dustin Ackley. um, Eric's commenting as we got WrestleMania 5 on in the background. I mean, the fabulous... If you hear hear him uh, whispering awful right now, that's Uh, what he's whispering awful. This was pre-attitude, Eric. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Ackley... Brad right. Miller, these are all guys maybe you keep an eye on the waiver wire. Pitching-wise, there's four guys on Stud. the starting staff that I want. I want Felix Hernandez by round two, Awukama, James Paxson, we talked about him, and I want the young kid Taiwan Walker. Phenom had some injury issues last year. He's still only 22 years old. I saw on one of the, some Facebook page, people were asking if they should give up on this kid. The kid's 22. You don't give up on a 22-year-old Who power throws 95 arm. miles an hour. Yeah, you, you just don't do and that. throw him away. And if he's sitting there late, now I'm not saying grab him early because he's going to have his lumps he's gonna, in his first full season, but if he's there late, you grab him, you ride with it, and he's going to give you numbers. Fernando Rodney, cheap source of saves late in the draft. 48, what do you have, 40-something uh, saves last year? Yeah, very cheap source. You grab him late, he's going to do what he needs to do. And uh, and you'll be because they're going to win a bunch of games this year. They should team, be a good so. team. This this team should win ninety games and contend for the division. All right, Eric, let's move along now. Go over to uh, last going? year's division winner, the Los Angeles Angels. Oh, uh, uh, click. Obviously, Mike Trout, first pick in the draft, probably the best player in the game. We know his Definitely talents the there. All right, there's a lot of guys here you're going to draft. You're going to draft Albert Pujols to be your first baseman. For all the complaints about Albert Pujols, and, and he suffered from that foot injury for a few years, well, he came back last year and had a nice old season. Right. He went 28 homers, 100 RB, 105 RBIs, 272. How about five stolen bases? His foot was healthy. He was running, baby. So, uh, you know, I like Pujols. He played 159 games last year. He probably includes some at the end, but he played 159 games, 633 at bats. It's a, it's a full season, yeah. which is really what you were looking for. Now, Eric, what about the Cole Calhoun, their leadoff hitter? Mm. Last season, he had a nice season. Where are you drafting him to be? Is he a, a second outfielder, a third outfielder? What are your views on Calhoun? Very small sample space, right? The most games he's played in the season was last year at 127 games. But his numbers for those 127 games were ridiculous. You know, 272 average, which is above the league average. Mm-hmm. You said it was around 260. You know, 17 homers, 58 RBIs, 90 runs scored. It's impressive. I like that the batting. You know, his on base percentage was 325, 38 walks. Did strike out 104 times, and no one really cares about strikeouts anymore in baseball. Um, it, it's tough for me with such a small sample space where to take him. I'm probably looking at him as an outfielder three. Um, just on the sample space. I mean, he could be one of those rising stars, though, in that lineup. You know, with Mike Trout hitting behind him. You don't want to pitch around him 
Washington, and uh, you know, not that they would pitch around him, but they're going to give him some. They're going to go after him because they don't want people on base for Trout. Right, they're going to have to go after Trout. So, you got Trout, you got Pujols. Who knows what you're going to have with Josh Hamilton? Interesting note: Josh Hamilton undrafted in our mock draft the other day. Twenty-three. That's true. But he was going for. Sh- I think he had shoulder surgery. Yeah. Shoulder surgery. So he's going to be out for a while. To me, Josh Hamilton is not draftable. It maybe, maybe if you have an injured reserve spot in your lineup, you draft. I would only take him if I had a DL spot. If you have a DL, if you had, I would have, I would have drafted him in around twenty three where I drafted Ryan Howard, plugged him on the DL, and then and picked up, pick up Ryan somebody. Howard. Yeah, that's about it. Um, you know, David Fries, he's an AL only third baseman. CJ Crone, their DH, he's going to kind of platoon with the veteran Matt Joyce there at DH. Although Joyce will probably play outfield while Hamilton is out. Crone, young hitter, power. Had a, had a couple of bombs last year when he came up, was hot. He's somebody to keep an eye on, eye on as, as off the waiver wire. He had 11 homers and 242 at-bats last year. Mm. Not terrible. I'm not saying draft him. I'm saying just keep an eye on him on the waiver wire there. Yeah, I, I got you. And then, we took, I don't know if you mentioned catcher, but it's not even worth mentioning. Chris Iannetta, AL-only catcher. Starting staff, Jared Weaver's the ace. C.J. Wilson, I am not a C.J. Uh, Wilson guy. Walks too many batters. His whip is always very high. Garrett Richards, he's already started throwing. Now, he tore that uh, uh, tendon in his knee. His knee was a mess. But uh going to be interesting when he gets back on the hill. He's he had a terrific year last year. He's a good pitcher. So Matt Shoemaker. And then the interesting one. This is my flyer. Andrew Haney. Mm. Got traded twice this offseason. Marlins to the Dodgers. All over the place. Dodgers to the A's. He was traded, and he was traded for D. Gordon. Then he was traded for Howie Kendrick. Mm. Andrew Haney's going to slot in into the fifth spot of this Angel lineup, a, a rotation on a team that could score runs and win. He throws ninety miles an hour. Andrew Haney is a good pitcher. I like him late. I'm willing to draft him after round fifteen, maybe even after round twenty. Take a flyer on him late. Because the upside is tremendous. Dynasty League, Keeper League, Andrew Haney should already be owned. But I like Haney. I'm not crazy about the pitches. Weaver, Wilson, yeah, and the pitching, they're later. The pitching staff doesn't excite Garrett me. Richards, the number one guy there to own, but you've got to be careful with the knee. All right, Eric, we move on now. Let's take a look, if we shall, at the Oakland A's, a team that really rebuilt itself this offseason. An entirely new team. They are moving and grooving, those Oakland A's. And I still think this A's team can be good. You're looking at a lineup of Ike Davis, the former Met at first, Ben Zobers from Tampa now at second, Marcus Simeon at short, Brett Lowry at third. Outfield, Greg Gentry, Josh Reddick, the veteran Coco Chris will play center, Stephen Vogt behind the plate. Uh, Billy Butler, just over from Kansas City, he'll DH. And it's an entirely new team. It's an entirely new team. Very different team. Me, there is nobody on this team I have to have. But there are guys that you're going to draft late. I don't even know if anybody offensively is a top going in the first ten rounds. I mean, I'm looking at them, and they're probably a solid up and down lineup, like as a baseball team. You know, a ba- pretty balanced lineup. You know, most guys are going to hit ten to fifteen home runs. There's no thirty home run boppers. You know, in that lineup. Fantasy wise, like, nothing really excites me at all. With this, with this lineup. The one guy I will make a point of trying to get late in the draft is Brett Lowry. Yes. Brett Lowry, yeah. uh, you know, in 2012, as a 22-year-old, had 494 at-bats and hit 11 homers with 48 RBIs. Last season, in 2014, and he batted 273 in 2012. Now, 2014, last season, in only 70 games, 
He had 12 homers and 38 RBIs mm. in 70 games. Now, he batted 247. Uh, On-base percentage is only 301. He's going to be third, play third base, but he's also got second base eligibility. Just project those numbers across a full season, and you've got 25 homers and 80 or so RBIs. Okay. Out of a guy who's second base eligible. That's nice. That's real nice. Now, the Oakland ballpark may take some of that power away, so maybe you don't get 25. Right. Maybe you get 18 to 20 home runs. Nonetheless, it's a thin third base position, and he's second base eligible. You tell me I could get 18 homers and 75 RBIs out of my second baseman with a 250 batting average. You sign up for it right I'll now. sign up for that. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I, he'd be the only, you know, I mean, I have no interest. Honestly, in Coco Crisp or, you know. Any hope in Ike Davis returning to no. his 30-home run form? No. Josh Reddick has hit 30 home runs in the past. I wouldn't touch Ike Davis, ever. What about Josh Reddick, who has hit 30 homers in the past? Uh, he's projected to put up in the mid-teens. That means he would double it. Double his projections? I guess it could happen. I don't see it happening. Okay, let's take a look at the starting really staff. Don't. Sonny Gray is the ace. We talked about him. We both like him a lot. I like him. Good pitcher. Can Scott Casimir repeat his season of last year? I drafted him late in a few drafts last year. He's only 30, 31 years old. Yeah. Last season he went 15-9 and nine with a 355 ERA. His whip was only 1.16. Struck out 164 batters in 190 innings. 30, made, all 30, made 32 starts. This is a guy who was terrible in 2009, terrible in 2010, had a baseball in 2011. 2013 pitched okay for Cleveland. Had a terrific season last year. Mm. He's going to get drafted. Where are you drafted too high. Where are you slotting him? Is he a a starting pitcher three, a starting pitcher four? Where do you see him on your fantasy roster? My first thought was starting pitcher four. Because no matter what he did last year, it still terrifies me. That for like a three-year stretch, like he was, you know, just a disaster. Um, it just makes me like there's so many hesitations I have with drafting Scott Casimir. Um, he'd have to be my either my four or my five starter. I just don't put enough. I just don't put enough faith in that left arm. I know you said he's only 31, 30, but that's an old 31 uh, to me. I, I, I. I mean, I'm not drafting him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at other guys who I think have more upside than he is. Um, and I could be completely wrong. You know, maybe it will be comparable to last year. But I think it won't be better than last year. Okay. I think it won't be better. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I think he gives you a sub-4 ERA. He may not give you the wins total. But if he gives you 12 wins and an ERA of about 3.5, he's, he's a useful fantasy pitcher. Oh, yeah. Jesse Chavez, uh, career reliever, had a nice year last year, not too interested. Drew Pomerantz, former Rocky Phenom. He was decent in spurts last year. He could be useful. Jesse Hahn, who Oakland got from San Diego, he was very good for the Padres last year. He could be a sleeper at their fifth starter. And then injured returning some point this year, A.J. Griffin, Jared Parker. Closer situation is going to be interesting. Sean Doolittle was lights out last year. He's got a slight tear of the rotator cuff, though. So who knows when he's going to return. Oakland picked up Tyler Clippard from the Nationals. Clippard's probably going to be the closer opening day. Mm-hmm. The shoulder scares me. I'm staying away from Doolittle. Take a flyer on Tyler Clippard. He should be able to handle that job. He's done it in the past. Former Yankee. Who they gave up on way too soon. 
Yeah. All right. But he's retired. His um, number will be retired. He'll he'll he no, he didn't finish. He's got to come back. He's got to come back. Okay. Just a note on Scott Casimir, though. And I, I wanted to look this up because I thought I remembered it correctly. Um, like, his ERA just basically skyrocketed the second half of the season last year. It was. He was not nearly as effective. He wasn't good. Um, you know, he got to nine. You know, I'm just saying, like, to me... His second half of the season, I think, is what a better indication. What were his indication. second half numbers? What was his I don't have it. All I know is his ERA basically from, let's say, when's the All-Star break? Late July? Is that right? Beginning of July, mid-July. Okay, so say July 10th, we'll call the All-Star break, right? His ERA, he was 11-3 and with a 2.38 ERA. He finished the year after that with a 4-6 and record and an ERA that went up to 3.55. Right. So you're probably talking about close to probably a four-and-a-half ERA in the second half of the season. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I have big reserves in, in drafting Scott Kazimir. Maybe a guy to have good in the first half and sell yeah. before the second half of the season. Sell before the arm goes. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, he's, he's pitching well. I'm going to sell him and possibly, you know, sell him for a Paxton that somebody was trying to get in the draft. You understand? Like, who may, maybe isn't pitching great, who we have more faith in the second half. You know, something like that. I don't know. But uh, I'm just projecting. But I didn't like his second half of the year and all his other past history with baseball. You know, I don't know. Just a lot of red flags to me about Scott Casimir. Fair. Definitely a fair point. Interesting uh, dilemma there. And I like your idea. Drafting him, riding no. him as long as you can. And based on last year's track record, sell while he's hot. Don't wait for him to cool off. All right, Eric. The Texas Rangers, and then we'll go to the Houston Astros, and we'll wrap up for the night. Rangers are an interesting team. A lot of guys coming back from injuries. You got Prince Fielder at first, Ruffnid Odor at second, young kid. Jerickson Profar will start the season in the minors. Uh, you've got Elvis Andrews at short, Adrian Beltre at third, and in an outfield of Leonis Martin, Jake Zmolinski, and they're also returning from injuries, Shin Su Chu. Uh, Robinson Chirinos behind the plate. I want to talk about Adrian Beltre. We know who he is. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he'll go second or third round. You could debate whether you like him or Josh Donaldson as the first third baseman off the board. That's fine. Elvis Andrews at a thin position. Elvis Andrews is a starting fantasy shortstop. He's going to give you 20 to 30 stolen bases. My question to you is this. On two players coming back from injury, Prince Fielder, Sin Shu Chu. Fielder was a first-round pick not too long ago. Mm. Chu was probably a second-round pick because he gave you the 20 homers in the 20th You every category, right? Your thoughts on whoever you want to talk about first. <sighs> um... What did Prince Fielder go in our mock draft? He went pretty high, right? And he went fourth? Fourth, fourth round? round, I think. Yeah, fourth or fourth. Which I think is fair for him. Um, I think there's a lot of upside to Prince Fielder, especially hitting down there in Texas. Um, you Neck know, surgery. He's basically saying all right, he took a year to try and get himself healthy and get right. There's got to be some of that 30 home run power still left in him. This guy's still, he's still a power hitter. 30, he's 30, 30 years old. old. 31. I mean, it, it can't all be gone. You know, Hitting in the nice warm weather down there, got his body right. I'm more interested in Prince Fielder than I am since Chu. I mean, you talk about consistency, right? I'm more I'm more interested in him. I'm just saying. From 2006 till 2013, the lowest home run total Prince Fielder ever had was 25. Right, in that's what I'm saying. Can't and all that was gone. in 2013. His lowest, one, in 2006, at 22 years old, he had 81 home runs. In 2010, he had 83. Every mm-hmm. other year, three, six seasons of over 100. And he's not a pure slugger. You know, in 2013, he hit 279. 2012, he hit 313. 2011, he hit 299. 2009, he hit 2009. This isn't the guy hitting 240. 
You know, this right. isn't Pedro Alvarez. Right. He's more than just the power. You know, he's last season was a miserable year. The neck surgery. It's a miserable year for the Rangers in general, also. They, they also said, you know, oof, just throw this year away. I mean, that was a really bad year for them. So, uh, does the neck scare you away? Nah. Maybe in other sports. I mean, Peyton Manning came back from four of them. I know. So, I, the neck doesn't scare me. I, you know. If you draft Prince Fielder, what are you, home run RBIs wise, what are you penciling him in for? I'm going to go with the low end and put it at 25. 25 that's to 90? 25 and 85 to 90. So I think he, I think that's the low end for him. Mm-hmm. 85 and 25. I think that's the low end. And I think he's got a lot of upside. And he could bat easily 270, 280. Easy. I think it's there for him. I think he's going to be a steal of most drafts. He's going to bat third in the lineup, it looks like. <coughs> so you're going to have Chu, you're going to have Andrews, you're going to have him, and then you're going to have Beltre in the fourth spot. It's a nice spot for Fielder to be in. Now, what about Shinsu uh, Chu, right? Nothing excites me lately about him. This is a guy who, when he was with Cleveland, 2009, 20 homers, 21 steals. 2010 for Cleveland, 22 homers, 22 steals. Both years he hit 300, 86, 90 RBIs, right? 2012, Cleveland, 16 homers, 21 steals, 283. Goes to Cincinnati in 2013. 21 homers, that's leadoff. 21 homers, 20 steals, 285. And on base percentage of 423 is on base all the time. He walks 112 times. 107 runs scored. I mean, just ridiculous. Ridiculous numbers. Okay? Now he goes last year to Texas. 455 at-bats. Only 58 runs scored. 13 homers. Only three stolen bases and a 242 batting average. Strikes out. Here's what's scary. Listen to this. In 2013, in 569 at-bats, he struck out 133 times. Mm -hmm. Last year, in about 115 less at-bats, he struck out 131. 115 less at-bats, only two less strikeouts. That's absurd. If you you look at his career, I'm looking at the strikeouts. I mean, one year is 151, next year 118. It's a bit all over the place. He's a bit all over the place statistically in the last couple of years. I think he is a much bigger wild card than Prince Fielder is. And to be honest, I don't, I don't know if he could steal 20 bases anymore. You know, he's not as he's young as he used to be. He's right. old, yeah. He's got a lot of wear and tear on his legs. I, I'm I'm not spending a high draft pick on Sin Chu Chu. Maybe an outfielder three for me. Um, I'm not even drafting him as a starter. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm saying like at best, an outfield, at best. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who used to be, you know, number one outfielder. Second round pick, yeah. yeah. All right, Texas pitching. You Darvish, you know what you're getting with him. He had a boatload of strikeouts. You should get a few wins. Derek Holland coming back from injury. He should be effective. Giovanni Gallardo as well. I like them. Uh, Gallardo no longer the ace of the Milwaukee staff. I like him actually better as a third starter in Texas. Should I think he okay. was a third starter in Milwaukee too. He just happened to start over. <laughs> That's true. Neftali Feliz. He'll do the closing. Another reason not to chase saves early. You can pick him up late and give you 25 to 30 saves. All right, Eric, final team before we sign off. We'll go a little bit past the hour tonight. The Houston Astros, a team clearly on the rise. I don't think there's any denying that. Mm -hmm. A lot of young talent all over the place. You know, they've added a few pieces as well. They traded away Dexter Fowler. They brought in Colby Rasmus to play center field. They brought in Evan Gaddis former catcher of the Atlanta Braves, he's going to DH and play some outfields. Right now, the Don't way... Don't forget they're an American League team. Yeah. I do. First base, you're going to have the young kid, John Singleton. You're going to have Chris Carter platooning there. Carter will do some DH. you got a lot of moving parts. 
Altuve at second, Jed Lowry, the veteran at short. He'll play short until the young kid Correa ready to go. Third base, you can have Luis Valbuena, Dominguez at third, uh, Jason Castro behind the plate, outfield. Uh, like we said, Chris Carter can play the outfield, Gaddis can play the outfield, Kobe Rasmus will play center field. There is actually a lot of power on this team. Now, we know Altuve, he's a second-round pick. 300 average, 40 stolen bases. The guy's a terrific, terrific player. Gaddis, does his value go up in drafts because he'll be catcher eligible but not playing catcher? Mm. Meaning, a normal catcher catches five days games a week, maybe. Four or five games Plays a week. Plays 130 to 100, about 135 games. games Evan Gaddis at the outfield of DH position now could give you 150, Plus. maybe 155 but still be your catcher-eligible guy. Does, yeah. that, does that bump him up your catcher ranking? Uh, that excites me that he is catcher-eligible. Um, and he's hitting in a good lineup, to be honest. He's got protection around him. Um, he's got a guy behind him named Chris Carter who's not going to hit for a whole heck of a lot of average, but he'll bop the ball out of the park and so will George Springer. So you've got, you've got guys in that lineup where he's protected basically by two hitters behind him who can hit. Um, I like him. I like him a lot, and it's another thing is probably with the catching position, by the end of the year, his numbers will be, you know, big gap between him and Posey by the end of the year, numbers-wise. I don't know if the batting average will be there, but I I'm think... I'm saying, 20, like, in every other category. 25 to 30 home runs. In every I other category be besides expected. average. Yeah, 25 to 30 home is, has to be expected. So I'm willing to take him later than take a guy like Posey much earlier. I agree. If that makes sense. Chris Carter, the pro... pro, pro we have very similar draft strategies, yep. which I don't really particularly care for if I'm going to draft with you, because I feel like we're yeah, <laughs> fighting over the same players. Chris Carter... Great source of power, 30 home run guy, 90 RBI. He's only going to hit 220-230. Springer, the young kid, second-year guy, showed the power last year. The power was outrageous. He can run as well. The question with George Springer will be, is he a 230 hitter or a 250-260 hitter? Uh, Kobe Rasmus, I'm not interested in drafting him, but again, a chief source of power if need be. Problem with all these guys, they're all going to strike out a ton. Mm-hmm. Houston Astros are going to have games. Well, they're going to put up 10 runs, and everybody's going deep. But then I think they have an equal chance of getting no hit every now and then, especially if Altuve takes a day off, because they'll all strike out, go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Starting staff, Dallas Kuchel is it. We talked about him. He was drafted in the 23rd round of our mock. He's probably should have went higher than that. Uh, uh, Feldman, McHugh, the other guys, I'm not very interested in much of their starting staff. They barely cracked 90 miles an hour. Not a high-swinging strike rate. Uh, no superstars there. Solid at best. You know, young kids like Mark Appel, former first-round pick. Carlos Correa, the shorts up. Their future lies with those guys. They'll be up soon enough. Very good ball players. Bullpen, interesting to see how the closer situation shakes out. They've added some good pieces. Guys who were good middle relievers in the past. Luke Gregerson with the Padres. Pat Neshek of the Cardinals. One of them is going to close. Maybe Chad Qualls in the mix as well. So that's going to be interesting to see how the closer situation shakes like you said, Astros, if you need the power late, the guys are there. Somebody's going to take George Springer, to me, too early, uh, especially if he only is going to be a 230-240 hitter, but somebody will draft him in the fourth round. Not something I would do. Uh, the, the average is too low. Think about it. George Springer, 30 homers, 240 batting average in round four. Pedro Alvarez, 25 homers, 230 batting average in round 20. 
why waste why waste the fourth round pick? Paying for a name there a little bit. Yeah, paying for the young kid, the supposed phenom, in my view, on that. Mm. But uh, all right, right, Eric, we are uh, over our time. It's actually two minutes over. That's not bad. I thought it would be more because they arrived to derail this. That was a, a lot bit. of fun, though. But I do have uh, Casimir split, Let's by hear. the way. Before we sign um, off. Just so <clears throat> we're all aware. Um, in August, he had a 7.8 ERA, a 2-4 and four record, at September, a 4.35 ERA. So I'm just saying, the last two months of the season were, that arm got tired. were brutal. Were brutal. So he went 3-6 and six to finish the year with probably an ERA around six. You know, six. To wrap it up. That's a tough second half. Very tough Sell high, half. maybe, at the All-Star break. That's it. Or that May might, or something. That Sell might high. be the plan. Absolutely. I agree. But, all right, folks, we are out of time. I want to thank everybody for listening, whether live or on demand here on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. Don't forget, you can follow us there as well, Drafts Masters Radio, available on iTunes. Do me a favor. Go there. Subscribe. Download and rate us. Uh, the highest rating possible, I think it's four stars, five stars, whatever the highest rating. Go to that. Go to iTunes, find Draftsmasters Radio, and Don't check it out. Don't forget to go to Draftsmasters.com. Register now. The site is up and running. A few little tweaks still have to come down the pike, but we are up and running. So make sure you uh, you go there and enjoy all the daily, and, and mostly daily, but some, some weekly information there as well on Draftsmasters.com. Uh, don't forget to follow our other sponsors, Steel Scorpion Sports, Rotoballer.com. Those who follow Rotoballer know I'll be on back on the air with Raphael Rabe of Rotoballer doing Rotoballer Radio in about an hour. So uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio, so you can check that out as well. We'll be talking some fantasy baseball with the guys there on Rotoballer as well. Follow us on Twitter, Draft Smash Radio. And follow both on Facebook, Eric Corsini, Anthony Aniano, are the names. You can check out everything we got going on there as well. Eric and I will be back next Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern time as always. And we'll start talking National League. We'll start with the National League East. That should be fun. Braves, Nationals, Mets, Marlins, and uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll be talking about those teams. And anything else that comes down the pike in the world of fantasy baseball. Barry Corsini, I'm Anthony Aniano. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next Wednesday, 7.30 Eastern Time. Draft Smashers Radio, draftsmashers.com. Have a good week, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.